Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Invisible World with your host, Frank Todaro. Yes, hello, and welcome to episode 177 of The Invisible World. I'm your host, Frank Todaro. Well, we have a special treat for you guys this week. Recently, I got to go cover Book Expo and BookCon right here in New York City and spoke with some amazing authors and publicists about a ton of things you guys are just going to go crazy about. You're going to want to hear about this. Let me tell you right now, there are some guests that we're going to be booking on the show that will absolutely blow your mind. I can't even describe it. Get ready for uh, a few fun months ahead when uh, we have these authors on the show. Now, seriously, I, I know people say that a lot, but wow. And while I was walking on the show floor, I did have my handy-dandy little handheld studio with me. So later on in the program, expect some pretty nifty interviews, some of which are from future guests on the show. And be sure to check out their web presence in the show notes. That's actually really cool. You guys are going to like this. But before we get to that, let's kick things off here with a bit of paranormal news. Just a few quick stories this time around. Next episode is going to be a full news program, but we've got a lot of cool stuff to get to later on tonight. So first off, now a bunch of you have been emailing me about this this new phenomenon hitting the net called Charlie Charlie, in case you haven't heard about it. It was this social media explosion recently over this alleged new way to contact ghosts by using two pencils in a cross formation with a yes or no written in the quadrants that this cross makes, basically really delicately balancing a pencil on top of another one. Naturally, anything precariously placed is going to move with the smallest physical influence, Uh, So it doesn't even necessarily have to be paranormal. Uh, It could be a slight breeze, perhaps even your own breath as you say the words, Charlie, Charlie, are you there? Which is what is said to initiate this would-be Ouija session. Now, I'm not going to detract or confirm or anything because the whole point of this stuff is that we don't know what it is. But they're two pencils on top of each other. Can't be the first time someone has done something like this. But it's trending. Bottom line is that it was an internet trend made trendy by the internet in the most internet-y way possible. Now, my old buddy Daniel Reiser, who long-time listeners might know very well at this point, he's also a New York City public school teacher. He told me that many of his students would be doing this in class during his lectures. But we have an update in potentially the most nefarious of ways. In the last few days, the challenge, which is thought to have originated in the Dominican Republic sometime around the end of April, has been making headlines once again, this time concerning a rumor that it was actually started as a viral advertising campaign for the upcoming horror movie The Gallows, which features, you guessed it, a spirit named Charlie. But of course now that is being called into question. An article posted recently to The Independent is saying that the reference to the paper and pencils was probably added in because of the Charlie Charlie challenge and not a precursor to it. So who knows where the truth lies? That's kind of the theme here. It feels sort of like some sort of publicity stunt for sure, which I suppose is working like gangbusters for a film that 
might have been dismissed otherwise in the sea of spooky horror movies out these days. But we'll keep on that, and uh, if anything else comes of it, let you know. Now next up, a Fox affiliate in Austin, Texas, recently ran a story about high school student Macy Martinez, who was struck by a bolt of lightning while opening the fridge. That's right opening the fridge. The teenager and her parents, who live near Lake Travis, had just actually emerged from their pantry after sheltering there following a local tornado warning. According to reports, Macy had opened the fridge door to fetch some food when she was suddenly struck by a powerful bolt of lightning that left her screaming in agony, obviously because she was hit by lightning. Macy says, in her words, I remember when I was holding on... It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. Then afterwards, I couldn't feel my legs, and I couldn't walk. I was just shaking. (laughs) This is horrible, this poor girl. After pulling her clear of the fridge, her parents rushed her to the nearest hospital. Doctors revealed that she had sustained a wound on her back where the electricity had left her body, as well as burns on her arms. It was remarkable that she hadn't been killed. According to a neighbor, the lightning had come up from underneath the house and went through the roof. So, through this poor girl, from under the house, and through the roof. All the major kitchen appliances were fried, there were scorch marks everywhere, and she survived. Her parents have since installed lightning rods and a surge protector, I like how they say that, in the house as as an effort to prevent anything similar from ever happening again. So I want to see this. So thankfully... Macy's okay. But if there's any producers or or, uh, writers listening, which I'm hoping there are, considering the topic we have tonight, someone quickly grabbed the rights to Macy's story. Mild-mannered Texan girl gets hit by lightning while opening the refrigerator, gaining ice-based powers, superpowers, from fusing yourself with the refrigerator. Come on, there's, there's a comic in there somewhere. It's like The Flash, but colder. All right, enough of that. Next up, as you guys might know, I'm sort of obsessed with the New Horizons craft to soon fly by Pluto come July. Well, NASA.gov posted a pretty cool update of our former planet, hopefully soon to be planet again, over the past week about the absolute chaos of Pluto's moons, thanks to Hubble and some help from SETI. Pretty cool. Scientists revealed that two of Pluto's moons, Nix and Hydra, wobble chaotically as they go around because of this gravitational field in which they are embedded, which keeps shifting. Now, as a quick quote here from John Grunsfeld, Associate Administrator of NASA's Science Mission Directorate, Hubble has provided a new view of Pluto and its moons, revealing a cosmic dance with a chaotic rhythm. It's kind of a cool image there. Now, these shifts in gravitational field are due to the fact that Pluto and its largest moon, Charon, happen to share a common center of gravity located in the space between them. We've talked about this, particularly on the show, because it's really interesting the way the two of them work. The oblong, as opposed to spherical, shape of these moons also contribute to the effect of them just going all over the place. Quick quote here from uh, SETI's Mark Showalter, who made this discovery alongside astrophysicist Doug Hamilton. Prior to the Hubble observations, nobody appreciated the intricate dynamics of the Pluto system. Our research provides important new constraints on the sequence of events that led to the formation of the system. Now, while we're looking up, here's an interesting story from news.co.au. 
and bouncing around many other places on the net, the Earth appears to be surrounded by giant invisible tubes of plasma that fill the sky above our heads. This is actually a pretty important discovery. It might sound crazy, but now, thanks to research efforts of a graduate student from Australia, the existence of this peculiar phenomenon has actually been proven correct. 23-year-old, 23-year-old, Cleo Loy from the University of Sydney was able to use a radio telescope in the outback to prove to the scientific community that these bizarre tubular-shaped plasma ducts which are created by the atmosphere being ionized by sunlight, actually exist. This is nothing new. The idea is said to have existed for 60 years, but here we have actual edge proof. Now what does this mean? Well, Miss Loy believes that these plasma tubes could be distorting astronomical data and that we might need to reevaluate our current understanding of how stars and galaxies appear and behave. Now, a quick note here from her supervisor, Tara Murphy. She says, It is to Cleo's great credit that she not only discovered this, but was able to convince the rest of the scientific community. As an undergraduate student with no prior background in this, that is an impressive achievement. I'll say it is. More on this story as we hear more about it, but exciting stuff. Now there's tons more to talk about, what with strange lights over China, new human ancestors discovered in Ethiopia, and a mysterious hooded figure haunting the highways. But that's all for the next more news-centric episode of The Invisible World. For now, as I mentioned at the top of the program, I recently covered BookCon, or Book Expo, here in New York City. And some of the authors and publicists were good enough to give me some quick on-site interviews about some topics I think you guys will be pretty interested in. Before I play these, I will just say that this wasn't a specifically uh, paranormal or science-based convention, but one by one, I just kept walking into the most amazing people discussing the sort of things that we talk about on this show. It was almost too perfect, I guess. Nonetheless, enjoy these clips from the show. I will play them straight through and come back at the end. Enjoy. All right, so I'm here with Scott Podmore, author of the book Conversations with mediums. You've done a lot of research on this, right? Yeah, that's right. I spent uh, almost three years interviewing 30 psychic mediums around the world. And uh, in the end, I narrowed it down to 12. And uh, we've come up with a fascinating book with some of the biggest names in that area, including John Edward, James Van Prague, the Psychic Twins of New York, and others from around the world. Well, first of all, where can they find this online? Look, you can find it at the website, which is conversationswithmediums.com. I also have a Facebook page, and it's available on uh, all online stores, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So without giving any conclusions, uh, what has your research yielded? Look, in a nutshell, uh, to summarize, I would say I started off writing a book about death and fear, and about a third of the way through, I realized I was writing a book about love and faith. And... There are many, many fascinating stories in there, and it certainly reconstru- well, it's, it's forced me to reconstruct my own belief system. It's the real deal. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. So, again, what's that website? It's conversationswithmediums.com. Thank you so much. All right, and we're here with Cheryl Kimba from Prometheus Books, who's the publicist for some pretty interesting titles that I think you guys are going to like. How are you doing today? 
I'm great. I'm great. I'm so happy to be talking. Um, I just met Frank, and this is the first time I've ever done this, but I'm super excited. <laughs> um, so uh, one book I wanted to talk about um, is called Rare by Keith Veronese, um, and it's, it's fascinating. It's um, written by um, Keith, who is uh, a chemist, and he was fascinated by rare earth metals and the fact that they're extremely scarce and so ubiquitous. They're basically in every single device that we own. Our lives like literally depend on them, um, but they're running out like crazy. Like the, the stores in the earth are depleting rapidly. Um, so he's kind of examining this issue from a few different angles. He looks at it from like a geopolitical perspective. Um, there's a few sections on the fact that China owns um, a lot of these rare earth metals, Afghanistan, so there's a lot of kind of um, political conflict with it. Um, he has a whole section on amateur people who um, like forage scrap metal and kind of try to get like the, the platinum out of it. Um, it's, it's fascinating. It's a really great survey into the topic um, and it's just an issue that will become more and more um, pressing and prevalent as time goes on. Absolutely. And if you guys, long-time listeners, I guess, will remember us talking about this, uh, especially in regards to the Middle East, uh, this finite amount of precious metals that we have that we depend on a lot more than you would realize in your day-to-day life and your day-to-day use of technology and so forth. So this is a pretty important uh, topic. Maybe we'll try to get Keith on the show at some point in the future. Oh, that would be awesome. He would be. He, he loves talking about this issue with anyone who will listen to it. Yeah, he's a, he's a big advocate in trying to understand better the, the science and the politics of this. And what's great is that not a lot of people, it's not on the forefront of their minds, at least. It's not a topic that you, that you normally think about. Uh, so it's great to get that word out there. So it's kind of awesome work that you guys are doing in general by uh, putting this book out. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. And Prometheus in general acquires a lot of books that um, are kind of under the radar topics, but subjects that people really should or ought to pay more attention to, all kinds of quirky histories, popular science, um, current events. We did a great book on Syria last year called Inside Syria that was published right at the height of the Syrian Civil War, um, written by Reese Ehrlich, a journalist who interviewed um, the president. He interviewed rebel leaders. So really interesting stuff coming out of Prometheus. Awesome. I'm looking through the catalog uh, earlier, and yeah, a lot of cool stuff you guys might be interested in. So we'll throw some links up there on the, uh, on the show notes and on the webpage. But just for now, in the middle here, how can people find out more about you guys online? What's your web presence and so forth? Yeah, so you can um, find us online, prometheusbooks.com. Um, we have our catalogs on Edelweiss. We're also distributed by Penguin Random House. So you can easily find um, any of our titles. Many of them are available as ebooks as well. So we're all over the place. And uh, just before we go, there's one bo- other book on this table next to me. Uh, about a guy that you guys uh, should be familiar with. Uh, what was that again? So it's called Explore the Cosmos Like Neil deGrasse Tyson um, by Cap Saucier. And it's, it's fascinating. It's a book aimed at um, middle schoolers, you know, the middle age kind of group. And um, the author actually interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson because she was a huge fan of his. She came to New York and spent some time with him. So it's a biography of his life. Um, but it's also a really good kind of foundation of um, astronomy and astrophysics, the cosmos for kids who are interested in science and want to learn more. Um, and that's a recent release that just came out in March. And granted, she says kids about five times, but it's uh, totally accessible to 
us grown-ups to simplify stuff down so you understand all kinds of crazy crap as well as learn more about Neo. So, uh, yeah, check it out. And what's that called again? What's, who's the author? It's Explore the Cosmos like Neil deGrasse Tyson, and the author is Cap Saucier. Cap Saucier. All right. So thank you so much for talking to us today, and have a great con. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Frank. I'm so glad we met. Bye, listeners. I'm here with Eric Mona, publisher and writer in the Pathfinder series, and there's something that you guys will definitely find interesting, especially for you old RPG players. Hi, Eric. Hello. Nice to see you, Frank. So tell me a little bit about this new, uh, what is this, an, uh, an expansion to the game? Yeah, um, well, the the book in question is called Occult Adventures, and it's a hardcover RPG book for the Pathfinder role-playing game, which is a tabletop role-playing game, and usually the inspiration is taken from you know mythology, sword and sorcery, fiction, stuff like that. And what we're doing with Occult Adventures is we're kind of expanding into psychic phenomena, uh, a little bit of conspiracy theory, and all that fun occult stuff. I like the conspiracy theory angle, clearly. Now, these are conspiracies that are based in today that you're setting in this fictional world, right? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, we're taking inspiration not only from sort of 19th century occultism and uh, psychic stuff, but also, like, well, one of the magic items that's in the book is a tinfoil hat, so you can actually wear a tinfoil hat. But we've got, you know, we're doing, like, uh, one of the monster books that we're doing later in the year to kind of support it is Bestiary 5, and that's going to have the Anunnaki in there, so we're doing sort of, like, ancient Sumerian alien aliens and all that kind of stuff, those sort of things. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm trying not to, like, giggle into the mic here. Uh, awesome. So just for the uh, the old old farts that listen to the show that still playing second edition, tell me a little bit about Pathfinder 2. Well, Pathfinder is a uh, independent fantasy role-playing game that sort of spun off of the third edition of D&D. Um, and kind of, it's become its own thing. It was launched in 2009. Um, we, our main business is we publish monthly volumes of what we call Adventure Paths. So over the course of six months, we'll give you a complete campaign for your characters from level 1 to 15 or 20. Um, and uh, every year we publish different rule systems. And one of the things that's always kind of been part of the fantasy rule set are psychic powers. Uh, oftentimes, you know, D&D, for example, has psionics which I've always thought of as taking kind of almost a science fictional approach to it, and um, that's not where my interests lie as much, and so I wanted to weave it in with, like I said, sort of 19th century occultism and uh, early New Age sort of stuff. Not so much the 1980s pastel New Age bookstore stuff, but a little bit of that. I can't talk too bad about that since I wrote a section of the book on chakras and auras and things. And so um, we also brought in on the project one of my good friends, as a consultant, a guy named Brandon Hodge, who is uh, one of the leading collectors of uh, spirit communication devices in the country. And so he and I like hacked out this huge outline that was based on our own readings and our own interests, and then we worked with a team of freelancers to kind of flesh it out. And it's a 256-page hardcover book, introduces six new character classes for the Pathfinder role-playing game. So in addition to your fighters and your wizards and your clerics and stuff, you can now add a psychic, a spiritualist, a medium, a mesmerist, an occultist, and a kineticist. You basically answered all of the questions that I had in my mind that I was going to answer you, ask you. So uh, how can they find out more about this web presence-wise? Well, you can check out our website at paizo.com. It's P-A-I-Z-O.com. And if you go on our blog on that site, where we just revealed a bunch of uh, illustrations from it, and uh, there's a lot of information on paizo.com. Fantastic. So check it out, paizo.com, P-A-I-Z-O.com. Eric, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Frank. Great talking to you. And I'm here with Susan Messino, author of... 
ACDC FAQ, all that's left to know about the world's true rock and roll band. And that's just hitting the shelves now, but that's not all you have written. There's something else that I think listeners might be pretty interested in. Tell us a little bit more about that. My last book that is on Amazon is called The Secrets of the Universe, Universal Laws, Past Lives, Ghost Adventures, and more. Pretty much right up all you guys' alleys. So what is in this book? What did you do? How did you research it? What can people expect to find it? Oh, lots of things. I've gone on ghost adventures to Bobby Mackey's in Kentucky. I've gone to Deadwood, uh, South Dakota. Um, In the numerology, I did um, the numbers for Angus Young and Bon Scott, which is shocking when you read what comes out with that. Uh, Synchronicity is my life. Everything is connected. Um, Past lives, my son actually was featured on The Ghost Inside My Child. He had a past life memory of being on the Titanic. And uh, it's just, uh, it's kind of a primer to the paranormal. Primer to the paranormal. I love the way you put that. So we're definitely going to hear, uh, hear more from Susan later on in a future episode of The Invisible World, guys. So there's also a paranormal aspect to this ACDC book, right? Yes, there is. I got to put in some encounters that fans have had with Bon Scott, uh, some synchronicities with me and the band, because I've known the band since 1977, so we go way back. And uh, there's some fun stuff in there. It's definitely not your straight-up biography. It's, uh, it's a lot of good stuff and, and some fun paranormal stuff that people don't know about. I'll say this right now. We're interviewing you as this place is about closing down. They're turning the lights down on us, so clearly something brought me here to this booth, some sort of a pattern in the universe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And to find out more about Susan, you can visit SusanMessino.com by clicking in the show notes, as well as websites to all of the other people we heard from tonight. So again, thank you so much to everyone who took the time to talk to me over at BookCon, Book Expo. Thank you to Read Expo for putting the whole thing together. And there's going to be a lot of pretty, pretty cool interviews on the horizon as a result. For now, I might wind things down here with the final thought. Now, tonight, we heard from a whole bunch of different sort of things with those interviews. Interviews ran the gamut, from the scarcity of harvested resources of our own planet to the possibility of spiritual connectivity across the universe. Many ideas that seem very different, but are perhaps not so. Much like the original thrust of this program, who is to say the scientific understanding of today does not intersect somewhere with the mysterious unknowns out there. There is a bigger picture that everyone under every discipline is trying to squint and see. With each new discovery comes another piece of the puzzle, another dot to connect, and usually ten more questions about the unknown. The main takeaway here is to keep reading. Absorb everything you can. A good way to start is by checking out some of the books that we heard about tonight, and will be in the future, but don't stop there. I urge you to break free of your comfort zone. Don't just read the spooky news websites that seem so clickable if that's what you're prone to do, or the headlines touting conspiracy in your Facebook feed and something that you already believe in. And on that same token, don't stop at what we already know or what has already been proven. Be like a sponge, a rational awesome sponge that takes it all in and then makes their own decisions. If everybody keeps it up, who knows what might be visible in our near future. 
And with that, I'd like to thank Trash80 for the intro and outro music. Big thanks to the Paranormal A Radio Network for carrying us up in Canada, and to all the other outlets that mirror this program. You guys rock. And of course, thank you to everyone who took the time to talk to us at Book Expo. That was awesome. Thank you to everyone here and everyone out there. This has been The Invisible World. I'm Frank Todaro reminding you to be good to each other and keep looking forward. Thank <laughs> you.